Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast, Self-Evolution Regardless. And in this episode, we'll be talking about 15 signs and characters of a healthy relationship. Again, inspired by loveaddictionhelp.com. Okay, so one question though, before I begin the signs and the characters of a healthy relationship. Why... Is it that in the previous episode we said there are 20 and then turns out there were 21 signs of a toxic relationship and this one only 15. To be honest, I don't really have the exact correct answer for that question, but I can say this. Probably... This works in more of like how both treat each other and how balanced the relationship is when both treat each other in healthy ways. Because it doesn't focus as much on how a person feels or what a person does to the other person. You know, so it pretty much, I think, all of these signs basically focus on the exchange, the healthy exchange of treatment, or should I say the exchange of healthy treatment between both partners, which makes the relationship balanced. So I think that's probably why less than 20, I don't know, you'll be the judge of that, so... Anyway, I'll begin. Number one. Each partner views and accepts the reality of who the other person wants met. Each partner views and accepts the reality of who the other person wants. Number two. Each partner values his or herself, him or herself, and doesn't hide who they are, their reality, with their partner. So they're basically acting, they're not pretending or acting, but they're rather showing and displaying their authentic self to their, to themselves as well as to their partner. Each. Number three. Each partner supports the other person's goals and aspirations in life. And this is extremely important if we want a successful, healthy, long-term relationship with someone. It's extremely important to value and consider someone else's dreams and aspirations. As much as we want ours to be considered and appreciated and supported. And once that mutual support is there, you know, the relationship is going to skyrocket and it's going to be very healthy. Because supporting each other's dreams and goals plays a huge, huge part in 
self-confidence when it comes to the projects and the tasks that they have to do in their, you know, uh, working on their goals and dreams. And the love between the partners will grow immensely if they authentically and honestly approve of and support each other's goals and dreams and ambitions. Extremely important. Number three, each partner doesn't rely only on the other to make them happy. They know they can be happy with or without the relationship. Wow, this is very, very important and strong. People who can make sure that they can be happy with or without the relationship are people that are going to have the happiest, healthiest, long-term relationships ever. And they don't rely on the other partner to make them happy. So they're not codependent. They're not making the other partner um, be their source of happiness. Because they themselves realize that they can still be happy if they're in the relationship and also if they're not in the relationship. So realizing that it's very happy, uh, very, <laughs> very important. Number five, each partner has his or her own individual interests and friends outside of the relationship. Uh, just one sec. So, each and every partner has his or her own friends and interests outside of the relationship, and each is allowed to have their own interests and friends outside of the relationship. Why? Because it's extremely important to have those, to not be isolated, to have communications, to have networks with people outside of the relationship, to also have interests and hobbies and things to do that will, um, you know, fill the free time, if you like, and make their life more exciting and more interesting and more livable. Because imagine if they don't have any friends, they don't have either neither friends nor interests, and only a single romantic relationship with one partner, they're going to suffocate, and they're going to hate themselves in the relationship and they're going to hate the relationship and they're going to hate their partner and they're going to be depressed and they're going to hate everything that they used to enjoy and because they've been isolated and they have nobody to share their experiences with or to talk about the adventures that they have with their partner or to talk about interests and hobbies that make their life at least livable you know that kills people even introverts even introverted people. Because. Principally. Principally. 
I don't know how to even say that word anymore. Principally? Principally, I think, um, everyone is wired to be a social animal. And so, being sociable and having people around us is extremely important for our development, emotional maturity, and well-being in general. So, sorry, having friends and interests outside of the relationship is a must for each partner and for this to be balanced and not really something to be blamed or shamed for. Number six, each partner is honest and communicates congruently, which engenders trust for each other. Especially the congruent direct communication, which will stir and boost trust in the relationship. As we know it, trust is a very important pillar that will make the relationship stand and sustain for a longer period of time. So, very important. Number seven, in healthy love, partners do not try to mind read and assume what the other partner is doing or thinking. They practice open and honest communication. And I'm going to add to that, they practice honest and direct question asking. Instead of assuming or, you know, um, trying to read the mind of the partner and what they're thinking or doing or intending to do or intending to say, instead of jumping into those weird, wrong, most likely, conclusions, it's important to ask. There's no shame in asking, even just for the intention of making sure, and for the intention of clarifying something with a partner. And for the other partner as well to not be annoyed if that person keeps asking the same question many occasions. Because the intention originally of the person who asks their partner is to know and to believe their partner. It's not that their partner is going to lie to them, but it's just sometimes for some people it's, and of course it depends on personalities, and there are 16 of them, and we're going to talk about them pretty soon, For some personality types, for some people, it's extremely difficult to believe the person, like, firsthand. So, it's kind of a struggle there. For some, it's believable, it's credible, yes, totally, okay. But for others, those who typically idealize people and situations and 
too optimistic sometimes that their expectations of reality are diminished, they will jump to conclusions that are harmful. So asking, in general, is a good way of just making sure and of reassuring to their own minds and selves that that's their partner, that's what they're thinking of, that's what they're saying, that's what they're doing, and that's how it is. And it's clear that way. And with clear communication and honesty, the message will be delivered like that. Like a snap. So, direct and honest communication, as well as good questions, are a good factor and method of keeping their relationship alive and to not assume what the partner is thinking of or doing or saying or intending to do or say. But that the most important thing is that the communication is honest and open. And then there's no room for doubt or suspicion or delusions or hallucinations or whatever. Okay. Number eight. Each partner accepts that they won't always feel in love and in passion for each other. Now, why is this also important as a sign of healthy relationship we usually tend to assume that romantic relationships are relationships where each partner is always loving and caring and passionate for their partner always all the time no that's not right the fact is, each partner accepts the fact that they're not always in love and always passionate for their partner. And this especially arises in hard times, and times where there are quarrels and arguments and differences in points of view and opinions and etc. So, they won't always, always be passionate and, you know, in love with their partner the whole time. Also, what happens in toxic relationships, there's either the extreme of totally, fully passionate and in love type of person to their partner, or the other way around, where there is no in love state of being or passion it's either extremes and either extremes is either extreme is very dangerous for both the partners and the relationship when there is extreme passion and in love state of being there's love bombing <laughs> as a conclusion and love bombing as we know it 
is very destructive and manipulative and tactful and calculated and dangerous. And then, well, we know the narcissistic cycle is after the love bombing comes the de devaluation, right? So imagine moving from that extreme of total passion and total lustful in love state of being to the vo the to the state of the relationship being absolutely devoid of those cold ice cold that's not healthy that is toxic and abusive and draining and it's not healthy so the healthy way of thinking about it is realizing and each partner accepts the fact that they're not always passionate and in love with their partner there comes a time when they may misunderstand each other or they might see things differently or they might disagree on something it's just you know people are different and so you know they they complement each other but they don't ex they're not expected to be like copies of each other that's not a, that's not possible even similar personalities people have a different anyway so accepting the fact that they're not always passionate and in love with their partner is a huge huge green flag for a healthy relationship Number nine, each partner has healthy inter internal and external boundaries. Each partner has healthy internal and external boundaries to each other, and that helps with defining their wants and needs and making sure they're met. And that there is no line crossed, and each partner respects their beloved partner. So when internal and external boundaries are set, and when they are uh, sustained and respected, the relationship is going to be healthy. Number 10. Each partner takes responsibility for their actions or behaviors and or behaviors and takes responsibility in communicating healthy wants and needs in the relationship. Taking responsibility in their own actions and behaviors is extremely, extremely important and a direct sign of a healthy relationship because what happens in toxic relationship is that the narcissist will project their flaws onto their victim and they will avoid in any way shape or form possible to take responsibility and ownership of over their mistakes and over their ill treatment and misconduct to their victim and so they will blame it on the victim they will gaslight the victim into thinking that they're crazy they will lie to the victim they will 
stonewall the victim, they will give them silent treatment, they will do everything in their hands to stop thinking about the idea of taking responsibility over their behaviors and actions. And that's harmful. And we know it. And communicating healthy wants and needs in a relationship is a must for each partner to maintain a healthy, stable, long-term relationship. Number 11. Each partner is open to the other's point of view. Notice how the narcissist will be so narrow-minded over their own point of view. Whatever it is they think is the right thing. You know, their I win, you lose type of thinking. The my, uh, how is it? Um, better than thou type of mentality is what the narcissist has. And the superiority of thinking and, and just everything that the narcissist has to say has to be dominant and has to be correct. And whatever their victim has to say is nothing but, um, falsely, false belief, you know, just, you know, um, wrong biases and limited thinking. And the point of view narcissist is the only one that works and the only one that's logical and the only one that is viable and feasible. When that is utter disrespect and minimization of an undermining of the other person's cognitive ability to think and how they will view the world and how they will construct ideas based on the facts that they gather. And so, being open to the other person's point of view and, and just knowing it and just just opening the mind over the other person's point of view and looking at the matter from their perspective, sometimes is never going to do you any harm. In fact, if you both disagree in a relationship, and if you take a look at the matter from your partner's perspective, you'll see that your perspectives actually complement each other. And I said, you both disagree. And the difference here allows for enrichment of way of thought and and you become more intelligent you become smarter you actually have a new way of thinking over that concept or topic or whatever you didn't even think about it before and so being open to your partner's point of view will actually help you Realize that there is another angle to look at the situation, not just yours. And that's okay, that's never harmful. The narcissist will never do that to their partner. It's either his or her point of view, 
or none. And that's never gonna work for them or for the partner, so. The relationship is basically dead. Number 12. When problems arise in a relationship, both partners are willing to negotiate and compromise from solutions to the problem. Right. And if both take the initiative to negotiate and talk it out and work as a team, basically, they will find a solution together to the problem. Now, I'm not saying that there is necessarily a solution that's going to be found by both partners when they both agree finally and they both have a collective conclusion that they came up with to the problem. Sometimes, exceptionally, they might never agree. And that's okay. And maybe a solution from either side will work. Maybe A's side is successful and B's side needs more work. And that's fine. It's totally, you know, realistic and it can happen. And the ability to negotiate and compromise sometimes is very generous and and just open and forbearing to what the other partner has to offer as a solution and if both can negotiate and if both can communicate it and talk it through there's no doubt that there's going to be a solution to the problem after all if they find themselves in a problem instead of fighting over it or, you know, starting up a fight or um, literally going silent about it, just giving the silent treatment, not talking about the topic because it's too painful to mention, neither is helpful in toxic relationships. And the middle route is always the best. Negotiation and compromise work for the interest of both partners and the interest of the relationship to be sustainable and to continue being healthy and thriving. Number 13. Each partner talks and behaves in ways that promote the feelings of support, safety, and security within the relationship support safety and security very extremely helpful and important for the balance and the continuity continuity of a healthy relationship and finally number 15 verbal and physical threats are never used to manipulate and get needs and wants met. Unlike what happens in toxic relationships, verbal and physical threats are normal and manipulative tactics are used to get needs and wants met. 
especially by the narcissist. And in healthy relationships, that is unallowed, period. So, in conclusion, many love addicts have had countless relationships that were full of nothing but pain and disappointment. Yes. Their relationship history created a belief that healthy love isn't out there, it doesn't exist, and is certainly not impo- not possible for me. And this is this is especially common because of the way that society thinks relationships uh how relationships should work. And the fact that toxic relationships are so rampant, we think that there is no such thing as healthy relationships. It's all imaginary. It's all unrealistic. We can never have that. Love doesn't exist. This is all we have, unfortunately. But that's because of how many experiences with toxic love have we had, right? So, if you feel this way, I have a message for you, I mean, the author of the article. And I have a message for you as well. Don't buy into that lie. Don't buy into that lie. Because it's a lie. You're lying to yourself if you keep saying, you know, assuming that love, gentle, pure, authentic, honest, Joyful, secure, safe love exists. You're only complaining over the fact that because you've had negative experiences before, that's always gonna be there for you and that's what's gonna happen for you in the future and that's all you have. No. You're lying to yourself. There are almost 8 billion people on this planet And you've only had, what, 15 relationships at most? Come on, you can do better than that, right? The point is, don't underestimate the possibility of having a thriving, healthy, balanced, successful relationship with someone who truly values you and appreciates you And will respect your boundaries and will negotiate problems with you and will be open to your points of view. And of course, whom you will do the same for. Don't, uh, don't underestimate that probability. Please don't. Just because you've had bad experiences before, just because you suffered before, Just because someone ruined the joyful, spontaneous, confident you you once were doesn't mean you're going to be like that for the rest of your life. And now it's your choice. Your responsibility and your choice to either continue what you have been going through. I mean, that's up to you, obviously. Or to put a stop to this. And once you see those red flags and red signs shining bright like diamonds in the sky. (laughs) 
in front of you, you will get the fuck out of there. And you will make the choice to save yourself and save your life before you're dead. Or at least, you know, postpone your death a few years more. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, uh, you get the gist here. So don't ever underestimate that. Don't make yourself believe that lie, that love, genuine love does not exist. No. That's what you have been told to believe by someone who's insecure, deeply, you know, wrong, vicious, evil person who's bitter and hateful and angry towards everyone, including themselves. Just don't believe that lie. Your life is much more worth than that. The time you give yourself to heal and to fix whatever, you know, wrongdoings you've been committing or flaws you have, you gotta fix those, you gotta work on them. And if they can't change, accept them for what they are. Bottom line, it's you who has to make the choice. And you decide whether to continue the curse or to seek the blessing of having a healthy relationship with someone who deserves you and whom you deserve. Okay? So, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And I really do hope enjo- uh, what? <laughs> hope you got something out of this episode and learned something from it. And if you have any intention or desire to see this podcast thriving and successful and producing more quality content to you and delivering it to you as fast as possible and as frequently as possible, please, please mind the last period I've had uh, recently is the most difficult period of time in my life and I just had a lot of challenging times and depression hit so didn't feel like doing anything but anyway i'm back at it again and i'm here so if you have any desire or intent to see this podcast thrive and deliver you the most quality awesome content to you don't hesitate to support it you can do it just for even just 99 cents it won't take a minute to do so just to support this podcast and to see it provide you with valuable information and content that you enjoy and that all that's all that matters to me after all please do you that's very extremely appreciated and welcomed and you'll be shouted out for it if you'd like to be shouted out for it i will if you like to be anonymous, I'll make sure you'll stay anonymous. 
And that will end this episode for now. So I'll see you in the next one.